Good Morning Football Podcast time. Nate Burleson laughing already. Love it. How you doing, Kay? You good? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Is that the real laugh? Kay accuses you of fake laughing sometimes, Nate. I, I, I interchange them, so now <laughs> I'm trying to throw you guys he off. He does a good show business laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Peter Schrager. Hey, guys. I wasn't here last week, and I listened to the podcast. Apparently, I didn't say goodbye properly, so I'm going to say hello. Welcome. Why yeah, didn't you say it. goodbye? I got several tweets backing us up. I got caught. Yeah, I got caught in it. The Irish goodbye, they call it. I got caught in it, I guess. I was excited for Combine uh, at an early flight. I ran out of there, and Garofalo and I were like gossiping. Garofalo swooped (laughs) you away. He swooped, scooped. Uh, our gossip was not about football. It was like, who are you wearing? Mm-hmm. Like, the Irish goodbye? What? That's what they call it. Irish, Irish exit. exit. Yeah. yeah. Nate, Irish you exit. did an Irish exit from a vacation once. You just left ah! in the middle of a vacation. <laughs> You're right. You're right. True. And that's the voice of one Kyle Brennan, hey, who's now. alive, well, with us, not choking on any nah, sort of food. Not yet. This hummus, though, and it's a little chunky, though. I don't know if it's going to go down smooth. They got a spread in front of us <laughs> for the first time. You were chugging milk earlier today. Yep, that's right. We had the winner of the Indy 500, and he brought us big jugs of milk. Like for show, of- I think. Alexander Ross. For <laughs> show. Well, if they were show, they wouldn't have been chilled, Peter. You weren't in the segment. They I don't good. think they wanted us to drink them. I really don't. I honestly was surprised you guys weren't drinking them. Uh, I thought you, they were like you, milk. Kyle, can well, you, you eat anything? Think. I feel like you have like stomach of steel. Like, yeah. I mean, Is there anything who, that gives you trouble? No, no, no. I don't eat cottage cheese. That's about the only thing. It's disgusting it because to me. it's nasty. Yeah, just as a kid. But I mean, pretty much anything. Yeah, of course. Nate, who are you telling? You're the guy. You you, you rap about spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> so Peter wasn't here last week for the podcast because he was at the Combine in Indy. Guess who wasn't there? The three of us. So nope. Peter, sort of like take us on a tour of what Ooh, was. Okay. Especially those, ba- what is it, backdoor meetings? What are they Back called? alley meetings. Back alley meetings. Mm-hmm. I actually discovered an, uh, a restaurant in Indy. So it's like basically a little square and there's about 100 restaurants. And Indy's great. Indy's great. Everything is in like one block radius. And there's the stadium where all the stuff is going on with the players. But what really is going down at the combine are conversations with NFL personnel, agents. And sometimes, you know, coaches and GMs are just, they're setting up shop. Like, who wants to talk to me? I'll make a calendar of it and make dates. So I tried to meet with as many people as possible. What I think what you guys will find interesting is the melting pot of different scenes. So the St. Elmo's is the steakhouse. Where this has been like the spot for like 20 years, but it's kind of like, uh, I don't even know the equipment, like a Peter Luger's in New York where it's mm-hmm. like everyone knows about it, but now like. In and Out Burger when you go to California. Yeah, you like. Go hit it up. Exactly. Bro. Like it's the a strange thing. It's St. Elmo's, it makes me think of Andrew McCarthy sure, and Elmo's fire. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with Elmo. It is the St. Elmo Steakhouse right next to a very infamous hotel as well yeah. in Indianapolis. Yeah. From Cocktail. Sure. Gets so it. yeah, everyone gets it. And I, okay, I almost want to say it's like the Lugers where it's like everyone's there, but now the younger generation is like, you know what? That's not our thing. Like mm-hmm. there's other spots. And there's another restaurant called Prime 47, which is about a block away on the corner. And that was the spot this year. Is that a newer spot? That is a newer spot. It used to be called Moe's. They changed it to Prime 47. Better. And there are a few different coaches that I don't think I should be. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's a very interesting dynamic because now we're in a Twitter social media world where five years ago, like, I would openly say, like, oh, my God, let's go there. And I saw X, Y, Z. Now it's like, do not mention who's out where. Like Snapchat. It, yeah. Who was talking to who? Who was talking? Like, you're right. not supposed to. I don't think. Never were you supposed to. But now they're like. You know, I say this place, Prime 47, I'm probably going to get in trouble for even revealing the name of it because now next year someone listening is going to show up and say, hey, I saw the coach of the blanks uh, at there drinking three beers and there's a photo on Facebook. And it's just crazy to see so many NFL people in such a small rope up area. And I would compare it to Super Bowl and say Super Bowl, you've got the marketing agents, you've got the network people, you've got the media, you got all this stuff. Combine is still pretty bare bones. So you can go out to St. Elmo's and I will tell you, I was upstairs and it was – Dan Marino at one table, and it's this guy. You know, he's with the Dolphins organization, and it's this guy at this table, and it's this agent at another table. 
And it's pretty much bare bones, just football people. The fans didn't really come in as much as I expected. And the, the, the cameras and the lights and the marketing folks, they're not even there yet. Which is great. And, you know, I could only assume, because I was just there as an athlete in 03. But what I've heard about the combine is that there's a lot of wheeling and dealing conversations going on. And, you know, there's a lot of rules that guys abide by. But what I want to ask you is, what are the unwritten rules of how to act at the combine? Good call. What are the unwritten rules of what to talk about after you leave the combine? Think about a holiday Christmas party for your office. There we go. Right? Don't be the drunkest one because there were people who were drunk. Yeah. And people get drunk. Don't be the drunkest. Yes. Have a couple. Have yes. fun. Don't yeah. be the drunkest one because next morning on everyone else's text chains, they'll be saying, "Did you see this person?" It's a small world. Right. right. We're in a small world. This this little ecosystem we're in. That's one. Two. Control yourself to the point where you can do your job because we're there for our job. Right. Now, I, I had to be up every morning right. at 4 a.m. for our show. So, like, I had some nights, yeah. but I would turn it down. Yeah. I would go a little inside. I would call it a night or I would drink drinking Diet Cokes are my favorite. See, the world should see the grins on all of our faces. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah you went right. to bed at a great time. Yep. I'm sure you read a book. Uh-huh, got well, your notes ready it's for funny. the show. Thursday night, I had my night. I went out. I right. went out. Had a good time. And, I, you know, I was hanging out with – I'll just say who who's at, like, this little corner here, but it was – whether drinking or not, it was, you know, Sean McVay from the Rams, and then you had, uh, you know, several different agents that were out, and then you had a few different NFL coaches, uh, coordinators. It was a good scene. It seemed so cool to me, man. But at the NFL Network, you also had, like, Steve Smith was in the house, which was cool for me to meet him for the first time, right? right? And then you got Stephen Drummond, who's the PR guy from the Panthers, who knows Smitty from when he played there, so he's hanging with us. And you've got the Dolphins PR guy. Hey, you guys had Sam Young on the show. Like, it's a big melting pot, right? So I'm out there late. Late, and you got to wake up early. Late, and I get I get in whatever an hour earlier than usual. An hour, so I'm fresh. I'm feeling all right. I wake up. I'm like, all right, one more day. Let's do the show. And Bob Lang, who's the PR guy for the Niners, walks in uh, and walks in John Lynch at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "It's amazing that you're here right now." I'm like, "I wasn't drunk, Bob." He's like, "No, but I saw you at X a.m. and yeah. that's crazy that you're in the seat." And I'm like, "I was just networking, doing my thing. And you got to do your job. Got to do my job. I was fresh as ever. We had a good interview with John Lynch, but." You, you have to burn the candle both ends because it's part of the job. Like, you have to network. You hit that steak and shake late night, baby. Ooh, <laughs> mama. Let me ask you one more thing. Now, I know there, there's probably a certain amount of football that you can talk, and there's some that you would most likely stop yourself from talking about. Has there been guys that are too football? Like, yes. you know, has there been individuals where you're like, whoa, back up on the table? <laughs> Lighten up, man. Like, How's yeah. your kids? I think that's like, the balance. And you get a lot of media guys who, like, know the spots. All right, so, like, I'm a local beat reporter for, say, the Cardinals, and I'm not typically, you know, going to be going out to a bar till two in the morning. But I know that, you know, some coach or GM is going to be there. And I want you to, I'm going to post up, and I'm going to make that happen. So you have a lot of local beat reporters who know, like, this is an opportunity to talk to everyone, and it's not with the PR guy in between right. them. It's like the rare access because you know where these coaches are going to be hanging, and you go, and then you see these interactions. You got to have a smooth approach, though. And it's not. And if you're a dude like going up to. Sean Payton or Bruce Arians, like in a crowded bar. They don't want what it. Are you, are you going to really talk about Calais Campbell? Like, yeah. what are you doing with Brandon Cooks? Yeah. Like, so your best bet is introducing, being cool, trying to build a relationship. Kick rocks. Get out of there. <laughs> right. And then, then two years later, see him again. Hey, what's up? And this is a long-term investment, right? Or two months later. You know how that goes. You, you got to be doing. It takes this a long time to develop relationships. Trust. 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 Did you see Bill Belichick at all outside of the combine? I did not. Have you ever? I have not. 
Interesting. So it's sort of interesting to see we saw like the softer side of him on the broadcast on NFL Network. That was so cool. I was wondering if you maybe you saw him out. I don't have that relationship with Belichick. I don't think I ever will, which is unfortunate because I, I feel mean, like, like I would get along. Him out anywhere, he yeah. wouldn't be at the bar doing the kamikazes or even just no. talking like this. He wouldn't. No, do I don't think many Patriots are like. And it's something in the hotel room. Yeah, by himself. It's something against the teams that do have coaches that do. I just I've never seen really like the Patriot presence out at the social because you brought up the point of the person at the office party who gets way too drunk and is obnoxious there's also the person who's like have a drink lighten up why are you talking shop all the time yeah. is there that person you know who's like wants to just say like salary cap trade That's trade and Nate just asked is it the person I know but, yeah, but I'm I know following up because I want to hear up. more about this like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, like I'm, I'm interested in that, that too guy. I do too I want to know if he's there because the image I get is you know sometimes you go to places and there's only a few Cool kids at certain tables. I, I, I don't like, want to. So it's like, like going to a holiday like, party and the person just wants to talk about work. But yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. And right. I'm not a exactly. cool kid. I don't no, think. No, but, Peter, but you say that, but your partner's NFL family, bro. And if you walk into a restaurant during the combine, every table is the cool kid table. So the question I have, I think Kyle's saying the same thing. Is there like people bumping up to the table? I think and it's, you're it's, like, it's such a melting man. pot. It's not like. I want to get with McVeigh. I want to sit with McVeigh. Is it like, is it competitive? Like you get up and someone takes your spot? Yeah, it is a little bit. There's a lot of people jockeying for position and that's got to be unfortunate for all the coaches who are there and it's not just McVeigh. There are like 20 coaches that are hanging out. Yeah. So yeah. It, I, I would say this. So like Peter King to me is like an icon in the industry, right? Sure. To all of us. He's, he's in his 50s, 60s, whatever Peter is. Peter's out and he's not necessarily drinking, but he's in a sweatshirt. He's hanging out and he's being casual. Like Vic Carucci. The Buffalo writer, legendary. Mm-hmm. Vic is out. Like, so it's not just the cool kids. It's, it's everyone. But you don't have to necessarily be like, hey, let me get you a shot. Like, it's not like that. <laughs> Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt is out. I didn't you see Gil. Gil. Ah, I didn't see Gil, the godfather yeah, of the draft. my man. But what I'm saying is it's like everyone's in this little area. And it's like, so what I would do, and this is what I did, and I'm not trying to give my secrets away. If I've got contacts around the league, and I'd like to say at this point in my career, I've got contacts from most teams in the league. I like to find a spot off the beaten path during the day and say, let's get lunch, let's get coffee. What's your schedule like? Let me just pick your brain for 20 minutes. And then you talk, you're talking ball. Like, that's, but at night, that's for these guys you to spring unwind. spring for lunch, huh? I'll spring for lunch. So during the right day off. is when most of the actual football talk goes on, not just between you and your contacts, but between team to team? Yeah, I like, think so. And team and agent. Are, are GMs hanging out with GMs and going to lunch off the beaten uh, path to discuss? Like, No, that stuff not as much. More the agents talking to the GMs, is there one chance where they're all in the same place in person? So agents talk to GMs all day, but you know we talk about the legal tampering period. So what they do is they have a list of free agents. They'll say, hey, I've got X, Y, Z. What are your team needs? And that's that. It's kind of left it. there. Let's continue this conversation later. But this is their one opportunity to get in front of them and kind of do the whole state of the union. And I think for me as a media guy, like the dance card was full because I want to hit as many teams as possible, and I can do it on the podiums in front of everybody, or I can do it off to the side, and they'll give me the time. And give me five minutes to get Starbucks coffee and just discuss. Are you buying them coffee? Yes, and I and I am not expensing that coffee. That's on me. That's sure. that, that's 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 a personal. And you jump right, right into there. it. You buy the coffee. Here the drink comes. You sit down. You say, "So you guys are gonna get a white out?" I mean, how, how yeah. do you get into it? It's yeah. that quick. Well, I ask how the family's doing. I mean, hopefully these are relationships. Or if it's a first time meeting someone, hey, you know, I'll use it to my advantage. Say, hey, I'm on the sidelines with Fox. I'm on the NFL Network every day. You know, I'm, I'm interested in your team. I think you're a cool guy, or I think you're an interesting person. I love your story. Heard a lot about you. Heard a lot about you. Everyone talks you up that you're like an up and coming coach. Would love to hear, you know, would love to introduce myself. Fine, let's get coffee. It's almost like you're dating someone. It's so fascinating. Awesome. If anybody knows Schrager, like Schrager loves the background story. Yes. Everyone, you always do your homework. So I bet that that really, yeah. you're genuinely excited to learn about somebody's background. Yes, yes, absolutely. And if and I also the watched the game. The first thing I noticed about you before I met you, like a year before I met you, listening to your podcast, it was never like. 
uh, like really super. I heavy care more about the character, but than... I learned like the biography of every person you had come on your podcast. I love which that. I loved, and I love that too. And and to me, that's where you kind of appeal to these guys. That it's more than just what you can give me. I can give you this. I'm interested in your career. Yeah, you know, and I can help in any way as far as giving you information or hearing what I'm hearing from other teams or whatever it is. Look, at the end of the day, we're all just people trying to survive in a very cutthroat industry. So I think if media can help out the coaches in any way with just being friendly or the coaches can help us out, it goes a long way making better content. And we're going to get into free agency here in a minute. But anybody stand out at the combine you guys want to talk about going into it, I think quarterbacks and maybe Christian McCaffrey are the two that we should hit right now. So Kaiser, uh, in your first mock draft that you did, Peter, you had him going pretty early ahead of all the other quarterbacks in the game. Not that any of them really have stood out, but he certainly didn't didn't impress the most among that. Those no, everyone says, four, right? uh, okay, that Watson, the kid from Clemson, had the best combine, but Kaiser could still go second overall. There was no like clear-cut definition on the quarterback position, like this guy is going to be the first quarterback taken. Now, Watson did the best for himself because he showed he could throw a certain way. We can get into all that, but it's an interesting, and I had a lot of conversations at the combine about this, why I think this might be even more interesting than a year where it's like Jameis Winston or Andrew Luck. It's mm-hmm. like you've got four different characters. You've got the, the, the white kid Trubisky, right? There's one white kid. It's this dude Trubisky, the great white hope. He's a standard six foot four, you know, big arm or six foot two, whatever Looks it is. Looks the part. Looks the part. Funny thing is, he might be the most athletic out of all of them. But like, it's just if you're doing a drawing, four six seven, right? Four six seven. But like, if you're doing a drawing, you've got that guy in one quadrant. The other quadrant is Watson, who is the career winner in college, who has questions about how good he really is. The gamer because of accuracy, right? right? So he threw thirty two interceptions. Then in your bottom left quadrant, you've got Kaiser, who was at the high school recruit that everyone wanted and is just 21 years old and six foot five and looks the part and went to Notre Dame. Yeah, but he lost to Navy. He lost to Navy. But he <laughs> lost to Duke and Navy. And then in the bottom right, you have this wild card, Mahomes, who put up video game numbers in college, but did it in a video game system under Cliff Kingsbury out in Texas Tech where they don't run a traditional offense. So four very different archetypes. It's like the Brady Bunch. It is. And it's like, which team is going to go where? And right now, they're kind of flat. So... Watson did the best to kind of confirm that he is a first-round pick, and I think that was a big takeaway. First-round pick, like, to start next year? No, these are all, like, backups, right? Yeah, we don't know. Tough. It's tough because if you're taking someone in the first round, a GM only has a short shelf life. Like, mm-hmm. let's see the guy. Yeah. The last time a quarterback was taken in the first round and did not see the field his first year was Jake Locker, and that was back in 2010. I watched it, yeah. Well, here's the thing. What's crazy about this last year, that could have easily been Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Jared Goff didn't see the field yeah. for a majority of the season, and then Carson Wentz, some would say he got on the field because of the injury to Teddy Bridgewater, which ended up shipping Sam Bradford to yep. the Minnesota Vikings. So we're saying we would love to see these rookies play right away, but you remember last year over the summer right before the season, neither of the guys that were drafted – one and two were on our radar as starting quarterbacks. Them. I don't want to see them right away, especially when you don't have a standout here in the first round. But if you look at what's going I on I, I, I see in our happens. league where we're talking about some of the quarterbacks we're talking about in free agency, these quarterbacks might get a shot. I love rookies being thrown in the flame. Yeah, I, do. I, I, I think it's interesting. Where would where'd you stand with Manziel? I wanted him to play. I, I loved Hoyer, and I knew that Hoyer – And you he, were in camp with he him. He won the job. Mm-hmm. So I was a supporter of Hoyer because if I were to stay on the roster – I would want to play with a guy who's more consistent, but there was such a huge part of me that would have loved to see Johnny Manziel live on game day because he's just so electric. And, you know, it's it's the crash and burn effect. And, you know, I'm, as much as, you know, I'm a 
a guy that has benefited off of this game. I'm also a fan of the game, so you know I love talking about basketball you all the time. See him out there. Young guys, I, I missed I missed the days of guys uh, being drafted out of high school to the NBA. Kobe, because you just never too. know what's going to happen. LeBron, we and felt it's the that same way with these the young season, quarterbacks. We're like, where's golf? Play yeah. golf. Play golf. Hey Jets, what do we got there? Let's see what we have. Let's yeah. at least see no, Hackenberg. Yeah. And then it took a long time. I I like what you're saying. Is that like? That it's a four-man race because we've seen the two-man so many times, like Leaf and Manny and Mariota and Jameis. I can't remember a time when it's that many that like we have no idea where these guys are going to go, and and they're going to go in the first round, Kyle. So when Mike Mayock's on there saying I don't really see a first round help, that's okay to me. That's fun. That makes it more interesting. That makes it a reality show. Like right. so, go get it. It's a lot gonna... of mystery, right? Yes. Miles Garrett seems like the number one, but after that, who the hell knows? Exactly. And that's why I like this Mahomes character because yeah. he's last, and Wild I love card. rooting for the underdog. And like Nate, there's something about. His just con- he's just like relentless yes, and, and it, reckless, and it's kind of awesome and fun to watch. So Daniel Jeremiah and I were talking, and he said it might come off you know, how it sounds, but he's like, doesn't it feel like you're watching with some of the other quarterbacks in the NBA, and with him you're watching a little bit of like the street ball, like the N1 mixtape? Because Mahomes is so crafty and so innovative, and the Cliff Kingsbury offense – is silly. It's, it's seven Steve on Nash. seven. It's Steve Nash. You like Steve Nash. It's it's st- skip to my Lou. It's That's white it chocolate. Is. Yeah, it's all that. So does it fit? Because it's almost like apples and oranges. So to your point with Mahomes, everyone's like, "Whoa, he can fling the ball, and wow, he's got a great body, and he's athletic." But I don't know if that works in the NFL. So careless and so reckless and. S- it's hey. like grab a dry erase marker, go up to the whiteboard, show them that, show you, them you can that, do it. It, that it works. He right? had some throws. And maybe he did that during huh? the throwing period that looked really yes. good. Really good. 77 touchdowns in two years at college. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But then it's like people, that, all right, so Colt Brennan and, you know, Graham Harrell. In Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, Timmy yeah, Chang Colt in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, Those Timmy guys Chang. just, they light up 300 touchdowns a week, and it's yeah. like, then you never hear about him again. No, BJ right. Simons. <laughs> remember yeah. Timmy Chang? Yeah, I remember Timmy Chang. He's supposed to be the greatest of all time. Ever. But that Now they have their pro that. days, though, which can also help or hurt them. Yeah, I, I only think hurt. Like, it's weird. I've been to a bunch of these pro days, and everyone comes up and oh, he threw the ball well. 60 of 62 to his receivers. But that's like an orchestrated like, play, yeah, right? Like your and that's your day. wedding thing. Yeah. That's your wedding proposal thing. It's the day? ultimate. Ultimate. Way you more than the combine. what you want. It's like you're with your wide receiver that you've played for with for four years, or you're, you're, bas- you're orchestrating something. You're not really like, – it's crazy. But it can go – you're where wrong. you want it with your receivers on the, the field you want with you your want, coach, the, the music. Snacks. Remember Manzel's? <laughs> yeah, drink. Yeah. George H.W. Bush was there. He wore <laughs> camouflage shorts and shoulder pads. Like, that was his party, how he wanted it. So you're it's right. You at your absolute best. I'm not a, yeah, I don't know about that. It should be an ambush workout. You're walking go, down the street, throw it's now. clearly weighted a lot less than the combine, no? Yeah, but you're also yeah. a lot of pressure here because you see on the sidelines while you're throwing. You've got Hugh Jackson staring at you, and he's got the number one pick and $45 million in his hands, and he's staring at you while you throw. At the combine, everyone's in the stands. It's a bunch of like, it's, it's almost like an empty feeling. Here, it's on top of you, and they're all in your house. So Hugh Jackson's making the trip to Texas Tech to watch you. Yeah. He got on a plane. He stayed in Lubbock last night. What are you going to do in this situation? Now, Teddy Bridgewater is a very interesting case because Bridgewater, if I, I'm going to get it wrong probably, but I believe Bridgewater always wore gloves in college at Louisville, and then he shows up to his pro day without the gloves. Because the gloves were supposed to be a red flag or something. Like, so they he shows like, up, and he did look. not throw well, and everyone's like, well, what was that? Like, <laughs> He didn't throw well in his pro day. What's he going to do when the Packers are breathing down right. his neck? And he slipped to 32, and a lot of the reason was, hmm. and then he said, I'll never not wear gloves again. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole thing. You can screw it up. It's such an easy day, you can screw it up by yeah. not performing on a day that you're supposed to be at your best. Yeah, and we love, obviously, John Ross beating a record. He's a human or a human cheetah. Loved that. But Christian McCaffrey at the running back spot was somebody that you were really intrigued by. Actually, both of you, Nate and Kyle. Yeah, big time. And really impressed. 
I'm a big fan. He was awesome. I'm a big fan of his. I've been watching him for quite some time. I'm a big fan of his family. I mean, I, I don't know how many siblings there is, but I know he has a younger brother that's like dynamic and playing well and it's going to be a, a college standout and probably an NFL star. But watching him in college, especially a couple years ago when he was up for the Heisman, I remember thinking to myself, man, that running back out of Stanford is good. And then I saw his last name. I said, oh, he comes from a lineage. Like, that's Ed McCaffrey's son. And then, being a receiver, I know who that is. And then just seeing him break guys off, he had the, the breakaway speed. He's catching out the backfield, shaking guys. And very he's a elusive, white guy. Agile. And there he you go. That the was combine. the last thing I was going to mention. Because <laughs> I didn't want to mention that first, but that was the last thing I was going to mention. He's a white guy. And going into this combine, here's the thing. At running back position, and Kyle, you can talk about this a little bit more. Sure. He's going to hear a lot of things that complement his game, but they will always be followed by he's a white guy because <laughs> African-Americans, they dominate the skill positions. They have for a long time. It's just, you know, I'm not going to get into the genetic code, but, you know, when a guy plays wide receiver, DB, being able to run, jump, do all the little things that make us agile that position, we're good at those things. So when a white guy comes along and plays cornerback, or he even plays, uh, you know, running back, uh, tight ends. They sure. still kind of, you know, they're still dominant in that position. It's shocking. So when he went to this combine, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of questions hanging over his head. You know, how agile is he? How quick well, is and he? then the first day you put him on the bench press, which it was like, let's see what you can do. When he only did it ten I'm times, not worried about so that. I'm, but not I'm worried saying about after that, that that's more pressure number. too yeah. compared to the other running backs, and he crushed it the next day. It's just, it, well, jumping, he did 37. And you know, 37's and, great. We're, we're, we're fans of the movie White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, see, the Billy Hoyle dunked it at the end. It's like, and then he goes out there, he runs the fastest, like three cone, uh, the second fastest time since they've been recording it. He, he confirmed what I thought he was, which is a dynamic college player and a guy that can come into the league and play right now. I believe he can play right now. I do he too. Goes. And I, I, I played running back for 10 years. I am a white guy. If you've never seen the show, I'm a white guy. And there's a story that always stuck with me. Coming to high school, I was getting recruited to play college ball. You know how it is. You get all the letters. Some of them are serious. I don't know how it is. It sounds great. Look, if you ever score a touchdown in a high school game, you'll get letters. It doesn't matter what it is. You could be the tackle eligible. You get on a list. You're in the newspaper. You get letters. So, you know, you get 300 letters. I was a, a very good but not elite high school player. So, I'm getting recruited. I'm getting some love from the Big Ten. Like, fringe. Think of the lower-end Big Ten programs at the time. And there was one that I really wanted to go to. And I'm not going to mention what it is because at one point I went for a visit and I watched practice. I got to sit in with a film session with uh, the position group, the running back position group. And I'm talking to the running back coach and I said, you know, what, do you think I have a shot? Like, could I ever be here? Like, is this, could I ever, ever make the team here? Could I ever get a ride? And he said, well, we looked at your tape and he's like, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you and this stays in this room. You're going to be up against it uh, for a lot of reasons and not just football. And I was like, what do you mean? I, I'm, a, I'm a good student. You know, I have no problems, like, off the field. I come from a good family. And he goes, look, you play running back, and running back, it's a black position. And he literally used that huh. phrase on me. Wow. I've never heard this story. And he says, stays near, says, it's a black position. How did you feel when you heard that? Well, I was 17, and I was angry at first because I said – I'm angry now. I, I, I'm, I am too. And I said, what do you mean a black position? And I started saying, I'm like, oh, you know, Mike Allstott's from Joliet Catholic. Like, it's another high school in Chicago. He's incredible. And he says, I know what you're saying, and I'm just shooting you straight. I'm just being real with you. That's how coaches look at tape. That's how, and I, it, it was very honest. And I said, listen, if, if I, my, my 40 times isn't good enough, if, my, if I don't have enough touchdowns, I get it. But just because I'm a white guy, he's like, and he just kept saying, I'm just being honest with you. This stays here. I'm just being honest with you. This stays here. That's why I'm not saying the name of the program. So I've always had a chip on my shoulder about that. So I look at McCaffrey, 
and you look at someone, Nate, you said some of his uh, family history. It's not just his dad. His, his grandfather was an Olympic sprinter his in the 100 meter. His brother, his uncle played basketball at Duke, which is almost impossible. It's right. like a made-up family. And so to hear that, especially now, is annoying to me because, Nate, you and I were talking. And you and I, what I appreciate, we all do, really, we talk very openly about race. Yeah. And we joke about white guys and black guys and stuff, which yeah. I feel comfortable doing that with you likewise. We were saying if Christian McCaffrey was a black dude, I think there is much less doubt. I think he gets drafted higher, yeah. especially before the combine. I yeah. mean, I compared him to work done. Everyone's saying, you know, he's a slot guy. No, like he's work done, but he's bigger and he's stronger. So going back autobiographically for me and now watching it unfold, it's still frustrating to see. And I know you're seeing it too. Yeah, 100%. We talked right before we started this podcast that if he can come out and, you know, add on to what he did at the combine and play well his rookie year, even his second year – he can redefine what it means to be a white running back. He's Jordy Nelson at running back, right? Yeah, he is. He's Jordy, and Jordy Nelson. Jordy gets those questions back. his whole career. He's still at this point, he like shakes his head about it. But yeah. coming up, he would get asked about race all 100%. the time. 100%. You know, but, but it's crazy you mentioned that because the, those stories happen all the time. And there's plenty of white guys that played cornerback and running back and were getting recruited. And then they heard that same thing. And probably more frustrating, some guys didn't get that conversation. They just didn't get the letter. I don't think there's a lot of white guys in the NFL playing cornerback anymore. I think Jason Seahorn, Scott Might have been the last one. Yeah. I was trying to think of one. I can't think of one. That's hard to swallow at 17, but hearing that story, I've never heard that story before. I I can appreciate a coach that tells you straight up. I'd rather hear it. I said, it looks like I'm going to go to the MAC. And I guess it didn't didn't work out there either. And let the record show, maybe I wasn't a good enough player. I'm saying I wasn't a good enough player. It's not the reason I didn't go. Just for him to admit that freely to a high school kid. I mean, how many did you say that to? I wonder. That was kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Deep stuff, man. I've never heard that story. I can't believe you've never told us that story. It's never come up, like the, the white running back thing. I don't know. I just, and, I, and I would tell my mom, and she was really mad about it. Uh, I, get to, I get to sit next to you for three hours a yeah. day, so every time yeah. a McCaffrey tape or highlights or combine <laughs> coverage both comes on the tape, you, you light up, Kyle. I do. Like, you are very excited. I think you're rooting for him. Well, it's just good running backs. He, no, he does I, the same thing for Fournette and Cook. I and, know your point. And, I do. I, lo- I love the running back position. It's my favorite position. If you watch rock bands and you love the bassist, that's yeah. your thing. My <laughs> thing is the running back. I love that. But I like, I like McCaffrey in the sense that I hope he changes opinions and he lowers the prejudices yeah, and things like that. Absolutely. That's why I'm rooting for 100%. Everyone and does. on top of that, spinning it forward, okay, this young man can play right now. He can come in the league and be a guy that can play in between the tackles. See, people say, well, what about the bench press? He's not going to be out there bench pressing individuals. Like That doesn't happen a lot on the football field if you're a running back. Can he pick up the blitz? Can he catch out the backfield? Can he play in between the tackles? He can do all three. Oh, oh and guess what? Pick can, up the blitz, though. I mean, what if what if a linebacker comes and he can only bench press him. nine times? Cut him. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen running backs that can't bench press, but they're very good at cutting, and they never have to hold a Little guy guys like front. Westbrook can pass block all day. I mean, listen. And I hear what you're saying. And then there's the X factor. He jumped to 37. Like, I mean, come on, man. White, black, or not, you jump into 37, you're automatically walking into the field, and you're more athletic than most of the guys there. So... It when is I, annoying to me to hear that be like he's got to go to the Patriots because like they have a bunch of white guys, you know, yeah. like they they had Woodhead, and they have Amendola, and they have Edelman, they have Hogan. Yeah. Like he doesn't need to go to the Patriots. I don't, I don't say anywhere. that. If I say he's going to the Patriots, I would it's like to joke. say that because he probably would be even better than he was at Stanford. Right. But I want to see him anywhere. I honestly believe he can get drafted by thirty-two teams and start on thirty-two teams. Not be a full-time three-down back starter. But he's going to be a guy that will play 30 snaps a game, catch five balls out the backfield, play in between the tackles, and then you can put him in the red zone. He'll get in the end zone. Combine's over. Let's talk free agency, guys. Let's do it. We're talking running backs. You know, draft class, super deep. McCaffrey among them. We're looking at free agency, quarterbacks. I mean, we went through a list on Good Morning Football and NFL Network, and it's not sexy. 
I'm going to go ahead and say, I mean, is it? No, okay, it's not sexy at all because it's Josh McCown and it's Brian Hoyer. And now, as of today, we're recording this on Tuesday. It might get sexy, though, because it might get Romo-y. It might get cutlery here real quick. It might put on that dress and get sexed up in those heels. No, you're right. It might get cutlery. It might get Romy. RG3E is even section we talked about this morning. Could get Manzelli. Who knows? Could get a little Manzelli. Kaepernickishian. Kaepernickishian. Here's the thing. If you're looking at these guys, the five teams that have the most cap space are the ones you want to watch the next few days. If you're listening to our podcast this week, which is the start of free agency, we're a couple hours before Terry, but the Browns, the Niners, the Jaguars, the Buccaneers, and the Titans have the five most by a long slide. So I would think those teams, through fear of not getting anything, will be the most active early on. And you're going to hear those five teams. So then you start plugging in players and saying, well, who makes sense? Who makes sense? The next few hours, and we're doing this at 10 a.m. in the morning on the East Coast, it's going to be a flurry of action. Then there might be a little wait, and then you're going to have some more. So just pace yourself this week with free agency. So, so which position is going to have the most going on this week? That's a good question. QB? I think wide receiver wide right receiver. off the bat. And I think cornerback right off the like bat. Because that seems like the easiest, right? Wide receiver. Like quarterback, there's got to be these things that sort of fall yep. into place. Is it like – so what's the first – you, the first thing Domino. to drop. That you, you said that about somebody this week, and I'm trying to remember who I it was. I said Glennon was going to be the first. You still think that? Yes. Okay. Peter, when did Glennon turn into Peyton Manning? I'm not like joking. Him and yeah. hey, talk to, to me, like... too. Talk, I'm, I'm confused, and I'm not knocking Glennon at all, but I'm right there with you, yeah, Kyle. I mean, like, look, he's five his and name 13. started popping up, and I'm thinking, like, what? He's going to be the, the top quarterback off the board, and he's going to make, what, 14, 15 million? Osweiler I almost get. He, he's very tall, very strong. He went and beat the Patriots the year before, and then he got the <laughs> He was contract. part of the ring. Right. And Glennon, and went into, Glennon went into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers a couple years, years ago. Oh, we haven't you know seen what I mean? much out of Glennon's stuff. You haven't. You haven't seen him in two years. And you're not the hype man. I understand. You just have information. So we want to know. This seems the whole league is ready we're to voicing, pay Glennon We're voicing what the fans are saying. I did about seven Buccaneers games this year, and okay. every time you walk in there, everyone says, oh, you know, Team X wants Glennon and Glennon, Glennon, Glennon. And then you watch him in one Warm-ups and you're like, all right. I mean, it's. I don't. I'm not a quarterback guru. I'm not Kurt Warner or David Carr on the network talking about it. I can tell you though, he's got now four years under his belt. He's six foot seven. He's started in the NFL. People like the way he throws. He's the ultimate teammate. He's a lot better option than going to a rookie that you're not sure about. So if a team needs to just kind of get something to get going, they're willing to take a risk on Mike Glennon. He's a great kid. He's been well coached by Bajakian and by their cutter. Teams are willing to say that he's just been not given the opportunity. The What's James his career record? Teams are five just and being thirteen. Forced to go that way because there's not a standout he's, in the draft class. He's five he's and thirteen. Five and thirteen, and he could possibly make fourteen million dollars a year. Yep. See, he was given a chance though. He was given a chance in Tampa, <laughs> and he wasn't good enough, right? They I mean, drafted. They drafted James. They the worst. Looking at Nate in eyes right now is pretty fun. They are one in fifteen. <laughs> and they said, we can't pass on Jameis Winston. It wasn't a slight on Mike Glennon. It was Jameis Winston's a once-in-a-generation quarterback for this, for this team. We have to take him. You have to make moves, right? We all hear from everybody in the league. You want to keep your job as a GM or a quarterback. I mean, you've got to make moves at the quarterback spot, find your guy, or be relentless in that pursuit, uh, and go big or go home. I mean, I'm a Bears fan. I'm not I, – I don't know. I'd almost rather keep Cutler for another year as a fan, but they, I don't think they can do that because they have to make some sort of move. Yeah, I think he's trying to mix it up. Like, it hasn't worked, right? So here we are. He's entering the third year as a GM, and two years in a row, Cutler was the starting quarterback week one, and they went 6-10 and 10 and 4-12. and 12. So why would I roll out Cutler again? Let's mix it up. Let's change things. Here's what you do. If you want to go big or go home, call Bill Belichick. All of you teams. Browns. Oh, they are. Everybody, like give, like give him what, give him what he wants. 
Get what he wants. So the Get Bears Garoppolo. have the third overall pick. I think it's worth the third overall pick. So do hundred percent, I do. 100%. But I think, but I think Glennon has more experience than Garoppolo on the field. So what do you? What's your? Point? But like, what have you done for me lately? Garoppolo came on the field this year and won games and looked really. We're playing good. devil's advocate, Peter. We, it's not. We're not hating Glennon right now. It's just we're talking as a fan. So like you it. said Glennon has more experience than Garoppolo. Glenn is five and thirteen. Yes, and Garoppolo's, is that a Garoppolo's for one and zero, oh and got injured in a second game. <laughs> He's one and zero. Oh. He beat one game in Arizona. We're, yeah, we're, but he looked nice though. In Arizona on a Sunday night, <laughs> and, they won, they won and, like nineteen sixteen in blunt rant. And you're pulling him. All, you're, the you're pressure, more than one game. all the pressure of the world was looking at Jimmy Garoppolo but you're pulling at the start him, of that game, right. going up against what was a tough defense opening the I season. Know. And uh-uh. you're pulling him from the garden of the Patriots. You know, it's, it's different when you're pulling guys from different so, teams and organizations. It's a devil's advocate. It's does Jeremy it's Garoppolo do that without the Patriots garden? I mean, we do don't know. We don't know. But it's I think yeah, sometimes he's it's perception. Tom Brady forever. He's uh-uh. yeah. So did Kevin O'Connell. So did uh-huh. you know? So did Ryan Mallet. He's got one year left on his deal, Peter. What's the point in keeping him when he's going to be a free oh, agent? Oh, I'm all for them trading. I, I, it's very interesting they're not, especially when you have Brissett, who has shown that he can play. I, it's interesting that they ha- and I know the report that came out and I don't I think it might have been Schefter who so I would never question Adam but he was saying that they're not interested in trading him. Well, no, they're not interested in trading him. But if you do throw four first round picks, Tom Curran, Comcast Sports said somebody blows the doors off them, yeah, they will do you it. Put that term out there. It basically <laughs> means yes, they are considering trading him. So to me, if you're the Browns and you've got that first overall pick, it's not crazy to trade him for Jimmy Garoppolo if you think he's the answer. If you're the Niners, second overall pick, it's not crazy. If you're I the Bears, that. the third pick. I love it's that not too. crazy. So if they like they they could ultimately the Browns get Miles Garrett in the first with the first pick and mm-hmm. then if trade traded their second overall pick for Jimmy Garoppolo and trade they could the have number twelve like because they what the they one in the twelve they have the one in the, the twelve yeah yeah the oh, twelve okay. might not be a high enough price for know, Garoppolo I don't right know if that's, See, that's crazy Garoppolo. It's but a then good pick again, so here's the here's the God forbid moment Patriots Brady somehow does go down okay and you go to Jacoby. Okay, if you're comfortable with that, then yes, you can trade Garoppolo. If you know, if you're the Patriots and you're Belichick and you're McDaniels and you watch them every day and you know that Garoppolo's much better backup option than Brissett, then sure. you can't trade Garoppolo. They're looking to win championships. They're not Jacoby looking to looked like acid. a Hall of Famer when he got in the game. <laughs> he, <did. laughs> he was running the option. <laughs> so what if you have you, you If go Brissett's to, not your guy and it is Garoppolo, trade Brissett, Brissett. I don't know if he's got a market. I know. But what if Brissett's out there and he has Brandon Marshall to throw to? This is all <laughs> and grown. This is the like, fun of free agency. Like, would you rather? Peterson. Would you rather? This is. I feel like I'm in high school. Would you rather? Go on. Would, would you rather? rather? Would you rather have Tyrod Taylor or Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, Garoppolo. I think you. Why? In what jersey? What are we talking? It, I it, think just in general. Taylor. Say you're okay. Let's say. I think we've seen the best from Tyrod. I, just, I feel like. How, we, how can you shot. say that? Look at the situation he's in. Then he is a hurt receiver most of his career. He's like one Hawkins. of the best running backs in the league, and he's had a couple of years to play. And like, I feel like Tyrod. He's good. He's good. He's a good quarterback. I think Garoppolo could be a great quarterback. You put Garoppolo in Buffalo under the same circumstance, and he w- would have performed so much better than what Tyrod did. I think so. I like I Garoppolo. I like Garoppolo. Okay, you want Garoppolo that. in Chicago. You must I do, love but him. I don't. But Would you rather Tyrod in Chicago or Garoppolo? In Chicago? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. What, what, Would what's you rather the price? Mike, Mike Glennon, Tyrod, or Garoppolo? Not Glennon. I'll go no, Tyrod. Glennon. I think Tyrod's a more experienced guy. I like the fact that he can Garoppolo. run the ball because when things break down, you need a quarterback that can get out of there in a new offense. This is why it's so fun for agency because it's all hypothetical and you can't say that's stupid. That's exactly what it is. It's hypothetical, which is why this is so exciting. Ian Rappaport, who I respect, came out Friday night and said he's hearing rumor that there's a chance that Tony Romo is traded to the Redskins, that Kirk Cousins traded to the Niners, and the Dallas Cowboys get picks from both teams. Mm -hmm. If you, I mean, whether true or not, and and whether that I'm saying, I feel like the Cowboys win in a situation. Not that his rumor. (laughs) Whether that's going to happen or not, I'm not saying it's not true. Obviously, Ian would never report if he didn't hear something along those lines. 
If you told me that a week ago, I'd say that's the stupidest trade. That's a fantasy football trade. It doesn't happen. But in the NFL, with the way it is and with the things that we've seen, Adrian Peterson can get cut. I hope it happens. Peyton Manning can get cut. I want splash to happen. Free agency for me. Something to talk about. I want a headline that shakes the whole thing. The Patriots trade Tom Brady. That's not going to (laughs) happen. But I want something like that. Yeah. I want just that big, like, blockbuster deal done. And you're like, what? Is going on. All right, yeah. let me ask We're you. We're here one. talking about Terrell Pryor probably re-signing Ooh. with Cleveland. It makes the most sense. Hugh Jackson, Raiders, Browns. We get it. Nate is like, no, Mm-mm. I need to see Terrell Pryor go somewhere. You need yeah. to see him, a big move. If he goes to the Patriots, he'll move. be a Pro Bowler at wide receiver. But with what? Thirteen receptions. How many passes can they throw to him? He'll. I think he'll score like nine touchdowns. And when mm. you get nine to ten touchdowns in a Patriots, you know he's such a mismatch problem. Imagine Gronk. And Terrell Pryor on opposite sides in the red zone. And then what do you do with Hogan and Edelman? You put them in the slot. The question is, what does the defense do when they line up against that? (laughs) They have Malcolm Mitchell. (laughs) Okay, Okay, see, I just did that. (laughs) They have Malcolm Mitchell. They have Amendola. They have Gronk. They have Bennett. I mean, they might lose Bennett, but you know what I mean. They're going to lose Bennett, right? It seems to write down the walls there. Yeah. I think So you had an interesting list today, Nate, and I want to hit it because you're a receiver. And it's not the best players in the NFL. It's like five intriguing free agents. And you had Terrell Pryor above Deshaun Jackson and above – Garcon, Garcon and some of these guys. So yeah. you're really all in on Terrell Pryor. I didn't know that. I, I'm all the way in. and I, I wasn't. I wasn't previous to this. I remember playing against him uh, when he was in Oakland in the preseason game. Quarterback. and yeah, Quarterback. And he's out there lighting us up. And I remember looking at my teammates, Calvin Johnson, I'm thinking, man, this dude seems like the best quarterback in all of football. <laughs> like, forget. Like, a project, that quarterback. No, he's legit. And then he gets cut, and he disappears for a minute. He comes back and says he wants to play by receiver. Then he starts working. And I was the guy that said, it's too late. There's no way you can change positions yeah, this late in the game. Four years in. Like, what are you doing? You've been playing quarterback your whole life. Nobody can do it at this high level. He put his head down, worked his butt off, and now he's a guy that can say, I put up 1,000 yards in the NFL, which is so hard to do. And he did that with a team that had a carousel quarterbacks. So you put up 1,000 yards, and your team isn't that good. You guys win one game. Your quarterbacks are in and out. You don't have any consistency. You go somewhere where there's consistency within the offense, a quarterback that knows you and is throwing you the ball, and he's continuing to grow. If he did this within a two-year period, changing positions, what's going to happen with another offense? You're saying the best is yet offense. to come. Why does Pac-Man think he's garbage? And, and he jokes about it, but the DBs hate him, and uh, he does. He thinks he's garbage. To be honest, I Genoris think it's – I kind of like that. I like that they don't like him. they realize that they just let a quarterback put up 1,000 yards in NFL. And don't you tip the hat then? Holy crap, that's a quarterback. You do tip that, but think about the guys that said it. Though. Yeah, Pac-Man no. Jones is notorious for talking. And, you know, I love Pac-Man, but he's a talker. Yeah. Janoris Jenkins, notorious for talking. Big time. All these guys see him as a quarterback – and if he puts up 1,000 yards, even if he didn't have big games against these guys, it's a direct reflection of the talent level at the cornerback position in the NFL. So they're offended. That's like a dude changing positions, a quarterback going and playing DB, and he ends up you know, – Three picks in the game. Yeah, right and he's a pro bowler, and, and everybody's like, how do you feel That's about – you know, how do you feel about uh, Tyrod Taylor playing cornerback? And I was like, oh, he's all right. Like, yeah. he's not the best corner. Like, I'll get defensive right away. I think these guys are just defensive. Is like, he give a trash talker? Did somebody tell us that? Yeah. yeah. I, I think he talks. He's got a little ego about him. Big yeah, Ohio yeah. State superstar. Yes. But I you look at him, and everyone's talking about Alshon Jeffrey being the splashy name, a guy who couldn't make it, who didn't perform as a number one when Brandon Marshall left the Bears with a good quarterback, maybe not the best situation in Chicago. But we're talking about him getting all of the dollars and maybe breaking the market or doing whatever. Like, Terrell Pryor, upside. Yeah. 
Jeffrey has more of a track record of doing it, right? He had a couple big years when Marshall was there. His first year, he went to the Pro Bowl with yeah, Brandon Marshall. Yeah. He bounced and he got suspended. If you're a yeah. GM, who would you rather go for? I think Jeffrey, just because his whole career, he's been a wide receiver since South Carolina, and I feel like let me get my hands on him. Like the Bears situation, like that could have just run its course, or the True. Bears bring him back. I, I'm not so sure he leaves. I just don't think the Bears are willing to pay him that much money. I don't know what the market is on Jeffrey. I think – Jeffrey does make the most out of all these guys, but I think mm. Deshaun is number two, and I yeah. think Prior. Yeah, it's like, how can you give Alshon Jeffrey? Three. I know. How can you give him more money than Deshaun Jackson? Age. Age. Yeah. Jeffrey's like 26, 27. I'm reminded of Jeffrey. I'm reminded of Scottie Pippen because we talked about this. Him and Brandon Marshall are the Jordan and Pippen of the passing game, okay? For one year. For one year. Then Marshall leaves. It was like when Jordan went to play for the Birmingham Barons. It's like, all right, Scotty, you want to be the man? It's you and Tony and Kukoc and BJ out there. What are you going to do? He couldn't do it. He refused to enter a game. Bill Cartwright's yelling at him on the bench, get in there. He refuses to enter the game because Phil Jackson draws up a play for Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc hit the shot, by the way. Friday night game. Exactly right. And I'm thinking of him. That's Alshon. Croatian sensation. Croatian sensation. Great passing game. But that reminds me of Alshon with the Chicago thing tied together. This was your year. Go be Jordan. And he, I mean, he, he was Horace. He was Horace if Horace did, got he's a PED a, suspension. He, he's a number one. He was, in the he was Horace Maybe. in Orlando. He's yes, with the How blue goggles. There's 32 know? teams, and there's a lot of teams with crap receivers. Like, he's a number one. Like, he's I will a big pay. guy. He's a big skill yeah, guy. The, the Eagles, big, yeah, the, Eagles, the Titans, guy. all these teams, if they sign him, he's their number one. Like that, that, but it, if you sign Terrell Pryor for a smaller price. price tag, you also have a number one. Uh, yeah, he's not a number one. I don't know if Terrell Pryor is a number one. He's a compliment guy. But like you're, you're okay. Put up a thousand yards with the carousel quarterbacks. Yeah, but he's he's not a number one yet. I give him another year. He has to prove that he can do it, the route running, put up the same type of numbers. Then you consider him number one. Here's the thing. I'll throw this out there. I I would hope to see him in another uniform. But Peter, you said I see him possibly signing back with the Cleveland Browns. Here's another twist on top of a twist. There's always layers to everything. <laughs> oh, snap. Okay. You got Coleman, right, who's a pretty good receiver. Yeah. Young guy, talented. He's going to be around for quite some time. Tour prior. You love your Josh Gordon. Take me down that road. <laughs> Take yeah. me oh. down that road. Craziest talent, man. Come on. It's like Listen. waiting for Chinese democracy to come out. Because I was talking you know? about free agency, and I left the show last week, and somebody was like, That's an out. That's a Guns N' Roses album. And what happens when it does come out, right? <laughs> He's like this. Somebody <laughs> tweeted me last week, like, Josh Gordon isn't actually free agent. He's still in contract with the Browns. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm anticipating that the the Browns will let him go, but do the Browns let him go? Because if they bring back Pryor, they got Coleman, and then you line up Pryor one side, Josh Gordon on one side, could be special. Yeah, I but don't know. Still, that. you need a quarterback. I'm getting all excited. I don't care what the Browns do. If you can't tell me they who your quarterback Jimmy is, Garoppolo, they in have July. Gordon and Pryor and Coleman. They run yeah. the world in 2017. They got to find a quarterback. Man, Josh Gordon once had like 3,000 yards in two games. I mean, it was the <laughs> it most was amazing, amazing thing I've ever seen. It was like you keep waiting for that to come back because it was so good. Was I so got to get it again. You know what not. I mean? But it's not coming back. It I might think. not. I, I, it I, could, I hope but it, it does. might I not. Reform, but yeah. I don't know. At this point, I, I can't keep waiting for Josh Gordon to come back. And it's, it's hard to be on the side after this many mistakes. Yeah, man. That's exactly what it is. All right, one more. I'm going to do a couple more of these. Would you rather? Because I like this. Okay. Okay. All right. Would you rather, all right, would you rather Deshaun Watson as your starting quarterback next year or Brian Hoyer as your starting quarterback Hoyer the next destroyer. Year? Why are you even asking the silly question, well, Peter think, Schrager? Think okay. long-term here now. Mm-hmm. Hoyer, I want them both. I want Hoyer as the veteran leader, and I want Watson on the bench learning from him for a year. That's what I want. That, that might very well happen. <laughs> Interesting answer. And I want them to have a C on their helmet, too. Like That's, that's how I go. It depends it. on what the okay. team is, right? Yeah, I was just thinking like a San Francisco or a team up there in the top 15. Yeah, like, you want both. You want the veteran, and you want a younger guy. I mean, they need two, right, if you're in San Francisco? Yeah. Okay, how about this? Would you rather have... Cutler, no. 
I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go on. I'm interested. Just say, no, you're, you're off on Cutler. For the Bears, but maybe for another team. So I jumped you. Maybe for another team. Okay. Give would me the Andor. For the Bears, yes, of course. Would you rather have, you'd rather have Glennon than Cutler? I'd rather have... You'd rather roll the dice and see what Glennon Stop. is. Stop. You'd rather have Cutler than Glennon. No, hold on. I was just... We were saying this outside. It's, instead of getting bringing Mike Glennon and paying a bunch of money, I would much rather the Bears keep Brian Hoyer. Much rather. Really? Because I know Brian Hoyer can play. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure Glennon can play, and he's he going to be cheaper. crushing it. 100%. Give me, go, give me Hoyer over Glennon. This Glennon thing, I, I'm pulling my hair out over All right, how about this? Would you rather... If you're the Jets, would you rather have Cutler or Mitch Trubisky? Cutler. You have two younger guys. You need... Somebody that's going to go in there and throw just as many interceptions as the guys in recent years. <laughs> well, I already have Hackenberg. And you need to be on the back pages so I can enjoy my life every morning. <laughs> yeah. Coming into your, you say you already have Hackenberg. Why would you say Cutler? Well, wh- can Christian Hackenberg play? This is one of the strangest quarterback situations <laughs> in the whole league. It's frustrating. Uh, he doesn't even get a shot? Is he that? How bad could he be in practice? No, apparently. What is this? Apparently he's like one of these night and day guys where they show him. They, they, this is something from someone who would We're know. not drafting another one in New York. That's what I'm saying. I hear that. I think it's the you right already d- did. Go with Hackenberg. I, need I don't to know see- if they're all in. Like it's one of these deals. Where all he t- in. Give him one snap. He was a second round pick. He was like the fiftieth pick. That's it's not a like high pick. Cutler, New York. Cutler, New York. I like it too. But Hackenberg, they say practice. He looks like he's Joe Montana one drive, and the next drive, like literally, cannot throw the ball. That's from the reporters that are there. Reunite with Forte re- for one last year. Do do your Cutting. thing. Yeah. Look, if he's Joe Montana for one drive, did you see Fitzpatrick this year? He was not, not Joe Montana for no Steve, drives. Steve Bono for yeah, one Yeah, try it. He was Jim Druckenmiller. I mean, come on, put him Nate, in. what about you? Cutler to New so York. so weird. I don't like Cutler in New York. I don't like him playing for any New York team. I, I feel like New York, they, they're waiting for a guy they, to they come pray in. On him. Yeah, they do. They're praying on a guy with his demeanor. And <laughs> <laughs> Remember in Jurassic Park, they've got that little goat on the rope and then to lure the T-Rex out? That's the That's goat. That's exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, but the goat <laughs> doesn't yeah, I mean, care. He doesn't even know what's going on. It's just no like Cutler. Yeah, That's just like right. Cutler. He's not going to care. Know, you know, you, that's it. fun. Yeah, that's true. Clever girl. Right. <laughs> Clever girl. All right. All right, Kay. Would you rather go on? Make out with Justin Bieber. Justin okay. Bieber, go oh, on. I don't have another. I don't have a second. Do you guys have a second? Back of the, Ryan Gosling. You guys know I love Milo, whatever his last name. Oh yeah, is. I didn't want to throw him in there. I didn't want to throw him in there. I thought it was too. Close I don't know to who home. this guy is. What's his, his last Hold name? Up. Ryan Gosling or Ber- Bieber? You got to answer that first. Neither. I'm not making out with either of those gentlemen. All right, All right. so Kyle, give a little v- Gosling's hot. Milo, Milo Vermiglia, IMDb. For first us. of all, is it even is it Milo or Milo? I always thought it was Milo, like the Phantom Milo. I think it's Milo. All right, we'll call him Milo. Milo Ventimiglia. Is Not it? as sexy as Milo. Okay, so let's call it Milo. Thank <laughs> right. you. He's I never have actor. celebrity crushes. For some reason, this dude is my celebrity crush. I can vouch for that. Okay, and you're right. And you said early on from the show, This Is Us, that you like the guy. Yes, and then he was on some other show called Gilmore Girls. So I watched He's on Heroes. Episode. He's amazing on I Heroes. I watched an episode of a show that was on like 10 years ago on demand because I have a crush on this guy. Yes. You went back and looked. Ooh. Okay, you have to watch Heroes. He's like a dad on This Is Us. He's like All right, a, here a perfect we go. gentleman. Kyle. Yes, he's the hero of heroes. The perfect human. I'm going to read his dating page on the website, right? Currently single. Oh, Relationships. Right Had been engaged to Jamie Alexander. Don't know who that is. Uh, it's a very attractive blonde actress. He dated Hayden Panettiere. Yes. Dated her. Dated Alexis. They were in Heroes Alexis Bledel on Gilmore, Girl. Gilmore Girls. I'm telling you, this is the kind of guy who goes on set and hides your kids, hides your wife. He's taking your girlfriend. You're going to fall if in love work, with him on yes, set. Yes, you're going to yeah. fall in love with him immediately. Mandy Moore and him will be dating at some point. You're right. He's kind of like the John Mayer of TV actors. Like yes! He's, he's going to get it. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> Milo seems to be a Milo. He's going to be a guy that the ladies like. Got to get him on the show. 
Do we I'm have sorry. another I'm, a, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna YouTube wormhole on this female Jamie Alexander at the moment. <laughs> oh, Jamie Alexander is a very, very attractive. Uh, I'm so glad you brought Cortana, your Microsoft Surface, to the podcast room today. She was dating yeah, Peter she's from, Fascinelli. She's from Thor. Peter Fascinelli did it when was married to Jenny Garth for a long time. There's a whole Melrose thing going here. It. So back to Kay and Milo. So yes. what? Who is he? Milo is a TV actor. He played Rocky Balboa Jr. in yep. one of the Rocky movies. It was a huge role. Every everybody in town auditioned for that, including you. No, I missed that one. I auditioned for a, it's Superman and Captain Kirk, but you not Rocky. You made me watch Point Break. Do I look you like guys, Rocky? You guys have to watch This Is Us. I you made me watch Keanu Reeves. I, I was in the so gr- good. I, I heard I was, This Is Us is amazing. There, but it's a tearjerker. I don't want to get all emotional every time I watch it. <laughs> it's so good. I'm, I'm in the I cried at store. Logan. I was balling. I know. I was right, sitting there true. with my cherry Coke and my whatever I was eating. It was balling. Like leaving a funeral. It, it's, it's, Logan is running spears through people, right? And it's emotional. It's don't, a rated don't say R that to, don't crazy it. gore. No like, spoiler. I'm, if you're there for I'm rated R gore. I like that. Okay. Yeah. It's good. I love rated R gore. It's like leaving a funeral. Okay. Yeah. Love scene with with Logan or no? No love no. scene. Any okay. romance at all? No romance. Well, Jean Grey, she's passed away now. No. What about that little girl? Is she like you? Is she fierce like you? That little girl? She is the baddest thing walking. <laughs> she is literally the baddest thing walking, and I love her. So Go now that anyway, now that Jackman's dead, what if Milo takes over the role? Ooh. It's oh. Milo. Milo. Milo uh, is the new Logan, and th- and then what do we got? No, Kay. I think she's fan girl over here. Oh. I think the young, Kay would be at Comic Con if that was the case. I know. I would be. I'm sure he goes to Comic Con because of this hero show. Okay, you got to watch Heroes. First season's off. The cheerleaders. Dead. Yes. Anyway, save the cheerleaders. Save the world. Save the cheerleaders. Save the world. That'll put a uh, bow on our free agency conversation here. That's Jeez, him. Louise. That's the guy. Who is that? Save the cheerleaders. Save goes, the world. <laughs> Every episode, he screams and then he transports. Yeah. I don't even know what that show is. That's here. And then amazing. the guy who plays um, uh, Spock in the Star Trek movies is the villain. Is All the right. villain with the unibrow. We'll yes. wrap it here. With Zachary one Kinto. more question. Yes. Is Hayden Pantier still married to a Klitschko brother? Yes. The Klitschko brother, not not <laughs> no, the Tali Vladimir. Vladimir. Who's only. 17.4 times as big as That's crazy. Is. That's the best. Let's wrap this with our celebrity crushes. First one that comes to mind. Um, the woman who, the girl who plays Wonder, Wo- Wonder Woman. I think it's like Gal Gadot. She's Israeli. I don't know how to pronounce her Very name. Cute. Wonder Woman. I know Superman who you're movie. talking about. Go yes. for it. Uh, I used yes. to watch a lot of Baywatch, so any of the above the... Pamela <laughs> Anderson! <laughs> What's your favorite car? A Corvette? No, what was the Burnett one? What was the Burnett one? Alexandra Paul, the short-haired one? No, I'll think of it. You get, Go on. No? Oh, Yasmin Bleeth. Yasmin Bleeth. Yasmin Bleeth is so my celebrity long. crush. Don't Google her now. She, she got into some some issues. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Sub, yeah. um, I'm going with, uh, it's a toss-up, Holly Berry and J-Lo. Yeah, real tough. You really, Nay, real it's Sophie's bit. choice. It's not a toss-up. <laughs> Which toss is up. it? I'm, I'm going with... He had to pick. J-Lo. Oh, she could J-Lo. Dance. She could Selena dance. era? I'm talking about, yeah, thick J-Lo. <laughs> hey, where can you download our <laughs> podcast? Where can we download our podcast? <laughs> you can download it at NFL.com. Dreaming yeah. about you and me. We'll She's thinking about you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Backslash I just saw a headline that said, yeah, Yasmin Bleeth photographed in public for the first time in years. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>